Hello and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Real FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hey, everyone. Hey, Quinn. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, opera's almost over, so then I will be free again. Um, but yeah, still in the middle of like papers and thesis stuff. But what about you? How have you been? Pretty good. I'm in the tech week for my show now, mm-hmm. so that's been an exciting time. Oh, tech week is always full of great, great freedom. Yeah, freedom is not the word I would use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're sorry about last week um, with not being able to do an episode, but the circumstances just like, it was, yeah. I was dying is essentially the gist. <laughs> yeah, she's okay, but. Well, TBD, but yeah. <laughs> TBD of Jillian. I mean, we all die eventually. Yeah, this is true. You make some good points. This is actually kind of depressing, but I did want to open with a a short anecdote um, because it is the tech week for my fall show and it's happening the first week of November, which is also when it was last year. Um, And so the Tuesday of tech week from 8 p.m. to midnight, we had rehearsal together and it was election day. And so rehearsals started and everyone was in a good mood. And then by the end of it, we actually cut rehearsals short because everyone was crying and we had to go home. Um, And so that was just what I was thinking about yesterday because yesterday was the Tuesday of Tech Week and we ended it the same way that we had done the year before, which is by singing Corner of the Sky, which is our alumni songs. We sing at every concert. Um, And then I was like, wow. It's been a whole year. It's been a whole year. Wow. Has it fe- has it felt like a year to you? It's felt like a hundred years. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's time is weird. So it, it won't. It kind of feels like life has always been like this. But then I remember, like, oh no, we used to be happy. I was never happy. But I we- used to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's important, though. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a nice cheerful way to start a nice cheerful episode. Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty much, because that's us. We're the definition of optimism. Why do people listen to this show? I don't know. I Yeah, really, people, why do you listen to us? Every time someone is like, oh, I'm sorry, like I actually don't listen to your podcast, I'm like, honestly, don't. Save yourself. I'm yeah. stuck with this. Just, like, avoid. <laughs> uh, a plus for effort, C plus for execution. I'm just kidding. Listen to our show. If you're already here with us, like, stick it through. <laughs> yeah, I promise we are like fine wine. We get better with age. I'm not. I'm okay. not sure about that. Well, I like the analogy. So to kick off our episode of Cheer, and I'm going to stop being sarcastic now because this is horrible, um, there was a terrorist attack in New York City. Mm-hmm. Yep. So basically what happened was along the Hudson River, a driver plowed down a bunch of people like eight people he killed eight people injured 11 um all on tuesday uh aka halloween um and this attack is what officials are calling the deadliest terrorist attack in new york city since 9-11 which is just yeah and this was a premeditated attack um they said that he was been planning this for the past year um had been chosen halloween specifically because he thought that there'd be more people on the street which is just so messed up so messed up and also just i don't know i just feel like there are always a lot of people on the street in new york it's interesting that that like that was a thought that this person had that they really wanted you know 
total maximum? I mean, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, there's always a lot of people, but I feel like Halloween is when parents, like, come home early from work to take their kids trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, yeah, it's the streets are probably more crowded, but I don't know. Just It just makes me really sad how thought through this was. Yeah. And, I mean, this was very recent, um, obviously, so details are still going on. And I mean, this is very recent, and so the investigation is still ongoing, but as it is now, it looks like this person was inspired by the Islamic State um, and is basically following instructions that were put out um, in terms of carrying out these attacks, but is not a formal agent Mm -hmm. of ISIS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just... I I just don't even like how it's worded like oh he was inspired like like they are not motivational you know speakers like it's oh my god well the thing is though and and bear with me to the end of this thought because it's about to sound horrible they kind of are but not in the like way that we normally think about that and and this kind of positive energy like improve your life but the the way that they these organizations act is very much like getting people behind an idea and but it's not the idea of like this is the method to make your life better it's this is the method to get revenge on your perceived ills of the world yeah i guess but like i don't know i feel like just inspire is has just a lot of positive connotations so i'm just like trying to think of a word that is not as positively connotated manipulated yes that's good yeah yeah because there's that, too. I mean, of, of course, like, this person is 100% responsible for their actions. Um, but with anything like this, like, we were talking about this recently, like, there's a ra- radicalization process that happens. Um, and it happens because of a larger force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, this is a little tangential, but I was in my German class today. And this guy basically wrote a book um, talking about, like, the Holocaust, because a lot of people, like, a lot of people in Germany were, like, oh, like, mob mentality, like, Hitler was so charming, like, all this stuff, like, oh, the people were, like, possessed by the devil, you know, like, things like that, right? Um, And basically, this guy came out and was like, no, this is, this is your own fault, like, you can't blame Hitler for, well, yeah, you you can blame Hitler for a lot of things, but ultimately, like, the reason Hitler's plans worked was because he had people behind them, Um, and so it was just all about you know, Germans taking responsibility for their actions and just how, like, yes, like, the initial inspiration or the source of manipulation is key, but, like, at the end of the day, you are also just responsible for everything that you end up doing. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a a dual effect, and that's why we can, like, and that's with all things, too, is, I mean, we can recognize that, you know, that there are extenuating factors of like poverty and, and poor education and things that go into um, maybe like just everyday violent crimes, but it doesn't mean that that person isn't responsible for the crime they committed. Right. I hate how everyday violent crimes is a thing I can say and make sense. Yeah. I wish that wasn't. I wish that wasn't something we could say. It's just like really sad because when I was in high school, at least, like, I would talk to my mom sometimes about like current events and i'd be like oh like did you hear this happened um 
and my mom would be like, oh my God, like, that's so sad, like, blah, blah, blah. And then if I hear something before my mom d- hears it and I, like, tell her and it's, like, something bad, she's just, like, so used to it. She was like, ugh, you, like, the world is not safe anymore. And, like, I- I'm not going to call it acceptance. It's just, like, re- resignation, but that still makes me really sad. Yeah, people get jaded. Um, I mean, when you get so many bad things over and over again, the- your ability to to empathize with each incident you you just can't you can't fully empathize with every single thing that happens i have a question did you watch the news when you were younger because my parents like actively like restricted my news watching my parents didn't like enforce anything as me but no i didn't we have we had very limited um access to like electronics in general and so we were only watching tv if it was a pre-approved thing for a pre-approved amount of time and we really weren't interested in watching the news, so that was never came up. Um, so, and I mean, really, I mean, in high school, I had some awareness. We had, like, the 2012 election, and I had some awareness of that and a little bit of the issues and what was going on. That election was when gay marriage was legalized in Maine, so I was, I was paying attention to that. But it w- really wasn't until college that I started reading the news in any way. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, but... I mean, I guess, like, now we're, like, responsible-ish, but I think it's just, like, my parents, when I was younger, like, actively told me, like, you should, like, I know you're going to have to read the news when you're older and be updated in current events, so we're going to try to preserve your innocence for as long as possible. Um, they didn't say that, like, word for word, but that's basically what happened. Um, and I don't know, I feel like, I feel like some parts of me, like, question it because I'm like, oh, you should have just, like, exposed me to the world to begin with. But also, like, another part of me is grateful because, I don't know, I feel like I'm already jaded enough and I didn't want, I don't want to be jaded as an 11-year-old because that's just sad. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And it's also, like, when you're a kid, you can't really do anything. I mean, by the time you're, like, 15, 16, yeah, there's, like, causes that you can work towards. But when you're a kid, you really can't do anything. So why would you burden a child with that information? Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. And, I mean... This is also, like, us speaking from a place of privilege where we didn't have to know these things. Because, I mean, like, if you're, um, like, a black family has to teach their kids how to deal with police and they have to explain, like, why this is a problem. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're an immigrant family, like, you have to know these things and you have to understand, like, how to interact with authority. And so there are situations in which, like, you can't have that preservation of innocence. Mm -hmm. But, But I do think that is the ideal and, like, as we work towards a better world, preserving the childhood of all kids is honestly something that I think is really important. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but definitely, like, the only reason we were able to do this, or, like, the only reason my parents felt comfortable doing this was because, like, I never had to, you know, deal with, you know, like, a gunshot, like, right outside my house and things like that, so... um yeah, I'm really grateful um, for my childhood, and I think just, like, that's something I'm realizing more and more as I get older. <laughs> yeah, the question of who gets to have a childhood in this country is one that I've been thinking about more recently as, like, I have been aware of my own privilege and growing up the way that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was also thinking about this, and, you know, like, everyone knows that I'm pretty libertarian and don't really like taxes and you know government support and stuff but like honestly like if i had 
like access to all the funds, I would just funnel everything toward like children, like education, healthcare, like whatever, the whole nine yards, but just get rid of like social security and like all this other stuff. But I think this is progress. <laughs> that was like almost halfway there. <laughs> this is amazing. Jillian's coming back, y'all. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> no, but I honestly, I do agree with that. I mean, I, I mean, I think we should still have social security and stuff like that. You oh pay God. into social security and get back what you put into it. That's not even. No, but it, the way the system is set up, like social security is a good idea because it's like, it was it incentivized people, you know, to like, not incentivized, but it allowed people to save money without like really saving money and like distract, you know, anyways. But basically like, because of the baby boomers, like, it's the money that we pay for Social Security isn't going, isn't going to be for us. It's, like, literally just being dished out as it comes in, which is just so inefficient and is going to lead to huge distortions. So that is why I am not for Social Security. I agree that the system as it exists now it is having issues because of the, the population disparities. Um, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Anyway, yeah, but I mean, I, I do agree with the basic concept that I think that, like, like, care for children um, is should be, like, one of the main priorities of a country, because if you can get kids, like, cared for and educated, um, then that will take huge steps towards the, the, the whole equality of your country and, and the betterment of life. I had, like, a huge, like, epiphany the other day, and I was like, oh my god, like, what if I just, like, worked in finance for a few years, like, make just, like, hella money, and then just, like, open a school for, like, underprivileged kids? And I was like, wow, this is very weird for me. <laughs> is this your version of a quarter-life crisis? Yeah, pretty much. At least it's, like, positive, though. It's not like, I'm gonna get, like, 20 billion tattoos and shave my head and ride a motorcycle, which is, like, okay, totally fine please, if you do, Please do but... not at me. <laughs> oh my god, Stop. <laughs> I have none of those things I want to clarify, but I have thought about it. <laughs> we managed to turn that into almost a pleasant conversation, which obviously we can't have. Um, but I did want to mention one more thing about this topic, which was the reaction of the Trump administration. Uh, I mean, just like Trump on Twitter, honestly, because after the Las Vegas attack, which is only like six weeks ago um, and was this huge, horrific shooting, um, pretty much the reaction was it's too early to do anything and we shouldn't politicize this and we got to hold back and all this stuff. And then immediately after this happens, uh, he is calling for, you know, stricter immigration, um, and locking all of that down. And you want to play spot the difference with who committed these attacks? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Ugh. But I mean, Trump being racist is something that is not news and we have covered extensively. Um, but beyond that, there is a lot of stuff happening with the Trump administration right now. It's wow, shocker. Yeah, it's been a while since we've checked in with the whole Russia investigation. But Mueller, um, our boy, oh, God, came back with some indictments of some people in the administration, connected to the administration. Um, and Manafort, who um, was the former campaign chairman of Trump's campaign, as well as his business partner, have been indicted by Mueller for uh, violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act, or FARA, <laughs> because they did not disclose lobbying activities on behalf of foreign entities. Um, that sounds bad. Also, mm. uh, I don't know how to say this Greek name, but I'm going to say... Papadopoulos? That sounds right. That sounds 
roughly what it's going to be. So Papadopoulos um, pled guilty to making false statements to the FBI. Oh, casual. He was a foreign policy advisor. Neither of these indictments directly mean that Trump colluded with Russia, but we are getting ever, ever closer to that conclusion. (laughs) Yikes. Because there is, I mean, overlap of these people's work um, and these particular interests um, and their work with the Trump campaign. And, I mean, especially with this whole Manafort situation, he pleaded not guilty to all these charges, but um, I don't like his odds of being ruled not guilty based on what we know about this. Yeah. I just like, and this is going to sound so naive on my part, but like, just lying and trying to like get in trouble with the law like yeah it's great like instant gratification or whatever but then it's just like do you know how many lies you have to keep straight in your head and like it's just so many secrets you have to keep and i don't know it just seems like a lot of effort to me yeah you don't have to remember the truth because it's just what happened (laughs) yeah this is this is wild there's all sorts of money laundering going on but it's just the, the, the Trump administration being like, this has nothing to do with us, when they literally have violated, like, the thing that is specifically designed to keep foreign entities out of the United States, and, like, that is the whole problem that we're dealing with here. Um, none of this looks very good. It is all very sus. <laughs> I mean, honestly, everything in politics is sus, so mm-hmm. there's that. But yeah, it was kind of a fun time to have this announcement come out, and then see potential of like people getting people who are closer and closer to trump being snatched up by this investigation um and there's kind of this sense of forward momentum of like maybe we will actually get to the point where we can prove that he colluded with russia if that proof is out there but there's also a sense of you know a republican congress that is unlikely to impeach trump because they're afraid of angering their base yep so alas here we are don't you just love partisanship? No. <laughs> Ugh. Just want everyone to be a libertarian. Yeah, that'll end well. <laughs> Even you freely admit that that wouldn't end well. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Well, if libertarian land was like me and four other people, I think it would be great. <laughs> yeah, but who would like make the food? Oh, we would just like have massive stocks of soylent. I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> oh my god, Soylent is now illegal in Canada. I and saw that. about, like, three people tagged me in the Facebook thing. I was going to, but then I was like, I think I saw it because you were tagged in it already. <laughs> yeah, and then this Canadian woman actually, like, commented, like, um, like, responded to what I said to something. It was just really weird. Wait, what did she say? What did she say? I don't remember. I think it was just like, oh, yikes, guess I'm, like, never moving here, whatever. And then I think she just, like was trashing Soylent or something, and I'm just like, okay, I don't know you. <laughs> People who respond to strangers' comments on Facebook, why? They make me so uncomfortable. It's like, I don't even like making eye contact with people in the real world, let alone try to engage in conversation with a person that I don't know on the other side of a screen. No offense. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I did want to un- contrast what's going on with United States politics right now with what's going on with Icelandic politics right now, because I think this is very interesting. Oh, I love Iceland. 
Iceland is great. Can we go back to Iceland? Yeah. The two days I spent in Iceland were honestly, even though I was deathly ill, like way better than like probably six months in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, probably. But very expensive. Yeah. And cold. Like my heart. Okay. Anyway, so in Iceland, um, they're really famous for their gender equality and, and what a progressive feminist country that they are. And But they had this recent election and their ratio of female MPs went from 33 men to 30 women, which is, you know, pretty even, to 39 men and 24 women, um, which is their lowest tally of representatives since 2007. So lowest tally in 10 years. Um, and a lot of people are really concerned, and there's been this huge blowback, and they're looking at even starting a new party with the, just the focus of getting more women in the government because they think this is such a huge issue. And yeah. I love Iceland. Yeah. Is it just like – so they're, like, voted in, right? Yeah. So was it just, like, less women ran? Um, that was some of it, I believe, that they're, they do have trouble at, to some extent getting women to run. Um but also, like, there were some women who lost their seats um, oh, in this okay. new election. Well, and they're also really mad because this election was called because of this, like, um, violence against women scandal that happens mm-hmm. connected to, like, their prime minister. And we're not going to get into all of that. But basically, like, they call this election. Um, and one of the focuses is, like, to... to get better representation um, of women. And then, like, it goes completely in the opposite direction. Yep. It was interesting is like the 39 to 24 ratio that is that 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 is disparity um and there that's definitely like a significantly higher number of men but also still doing so much better than the US so much better. Yeah. I mean, but then again, we can't really compare, you know, Iceland to the US. Very different country, but um no, you're right. Like everything's relative and Yeah, I guess just I I guess Iceland does is just thriving, you know. Yeah. I am interested in this, though, just because we have seen this global shift towards um, more conservative politics um, and, and like, more far-right representatives coming to power. And this, that isn't what this is. As far as I know, I am not intimately familiar with Icelandic politics. That would be wild if it was, though. I should take that up as a hobby. Anyway. Um, yeah, with all the free time you have on your hands. Okay. <laughs> I just came out to have a good time, and I'm feeling very attacked right now. (laughs) Because you are. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But you do see this thing where we used to have a gender bounce in their parliament, and now we just suddenly have a significantly higher proportion of men, um, which could be representative of perhaps a a greater shift, like, away from socially progressive and feminist issues as seen as a priority. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's obviously an issue. Like, I think it's important to have, you know, balance and equality. But, like, also, like, I'm just thinking, like, if I were a woman in politics and there's there's just, like, the decision where, like, oh, I could run again and put up with more crap from people or I could just, you know, live alone and not run. You know, I mean, I think it's just, like, it goes so much deeper than like, oh, like we need more women in politics, but then also like these women in politics aren't just symbols, they're like real people too. So it's like trying to find the balance because 
a lot of the women who do go into polit- politics and are successful, like, really want to be there because it's the whole, like, if you're not going to do it, then, like, who else is? But, like, I feel like that's a, a mentality that women have developed over time just because, like, they've always, <laughs> they're just continued to, like, be shut down time after time again, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not the most encouraging environment. Yeah, and we've seen that a lot. I feel like even recently, a lot of women leaving politics and leaving tech, um, tech there seems to have been mm-hmm. um, an exodus just because of things being so bad, just because of things being so bad and because of not seeing an improvement. But I don't necessarily know that Iceland is like that either. Um, right. Because when you do have a country that the culture is so different, um, I would assume that there's somewhat of a better atmosphere for female politicians. And, it's, and I, I doubt that, like, um, other countries are like people who harass people um, are particularly focused on like Icelandic MPs, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, anything is possible, but I just feel like that's probably not um, the priorities of the trolls of the internet. Yeah, probably not. Please tweet at me if you think I should take up Icelandic politics. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not Quinn does get into Icelandic politics, I think it will be interesting to sort of keep tabs on this just because Iceland, as well as, you know, the rest of Scandinavia is like very into not only gender equality, but income equality. So I think it is important that we, oh, but they, I know their ta- their taxes are so high. Oh my God. But anyways, sorry, sticking, Quinn is rolling her eyes right now, but <laughs> sticking to the main point. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. And like, I do think that more women should be involved in politics, but also it's like a question of, do do I really want to go into something where I'm just going to be, where I'm just constantly fighting to prove myself when I shouldn't need to, you know? So that's kind of pessimistic, but whatever. Sounds like a need for a culture change. Hmm. Well, don't worry. If we start now, maybe we'll get it in 200 years. Okay. <laughs> okay. Before we dive into this topic, I just want to say, I don't think I've ever seen Kevin Spacey in a movie or TV show. Like, he's the star of House of Cards, which is one of the biggest TV shows out there right now. I've never seen it. Nope. I literally only think I've ever seen him host the Tonys, and I didn't like him. And you know what? I don't regret that. (laughs) No, yeah, it's like, first impressions are important. Yeah, so this week, um, in the wake of continuing follow-up from the Weinstein scandal, um, and just more and more of men being revealed as predatory... We have Kevin Spacey, um, and this has been a really big story, I think, because he is such a big actor, despite us never seeing him in anything. Um, he, you know, was very famous. I think he's considered one of, like, the masters of acting in modern day. Um, star of House of Cards, like I said, and he's also gay, um, and this has been, like, the biggest open secret in Hollywood, um, to the point where everybody makes jokes about it. It's like this thing that Kevin Spacey is gay but refuses to come out. Um, and everyone was like, okay. And then this week, Anthony Rapp, who was the star of Rent, um, and is currently one of the stars of Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. went, uh, BuzzFeed actually broke the story, um, and sat down and did this very, like, in-depth, detailed story with BuzzFeed about the time that Kevin Spacey assaulted him when he was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't get too graphic but i'm just gonna briefly say the the story was basically when when anthony rapp was 14 he was on broadway um when kevin spacey was at the same time they're on different shows but they're on broadway it's it's all kind of one big community 
And so he was at a party at Spacey's house that he was invited to, which is weird to start with. And then um, he was just sitting on a bed watching TV. And then Spacey came in. Who was, he was 26 at the time. Um, he laid his body down on Rap's, um, and Rap managed to get away. And nothing worse happened. But it was, like, very clearly a sexual advance, um, an attempt to sexually exploit a 14-year-old. Um, and this is something that Rap's carried with him through his whole life and has now only just come public. He's he's actually told the story before, um, but with the name redacted, um, because Stacey wasn't really anyone back then. Um, he was just like a young 26-year-old actor and has since then become, you know, this, this huge actor in Hollywood. And it finally got to the point where after Weinstein that Rap said that he had to come forward and share this information and he, he felt responsible to, like, follow the lead of all the people who had been brave enough to share, um... And finally told his story and then um as with these things once he came out and said that other people have started to come out and share stories about spacey assaulting them um and acting completely inappropriately and basically just revealing him as a predator Mm -hmm. and spacey's response to this i believe was like oh i don't remember that happening but if it did like i'm sorry yeah and here is the kicker in this statement says that and then says also i'm gay oh my god yep (laughs) okay the time to break this down with a little bit of queer analysis um this is a thing that's been happening for forever um as long as uh homophobia has existed there has been this connection between homosexuality and predatory behavior slash pedophilia there is this this myth that being gay means you prey on children um and it is this thing has been incredibly harmful um to a lot of people and has just absolutely fed into hate and a cycle of hate and what spacey has done in this situation and i am very confident that he absolutely did this on purpose is he stood up and and decided to play into that association to try to save himself um Mm -hmm. and to throw everyone else under the bus so by him coming up and saying like oh like this was an inappropriate action, but, like, I am just a, a gay man who was drunk. And, like, first of all, let's try to shift the attention away and make it make the story that he has come out rather the story be that he is a predator. Um, and also, like, just feed into this association so that people are just like, oh, you know, like, drunk gay man. Of course he's he preying on a 14-year-old boy. No. No. <laughs> those two, those are two different things. Mm-hmm. They should not be conflated. And the fact that he's using this to save his reputation slash whatever he has left of his reputation is just appalling. Yeah, 100%. If it, I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot. I have so many feelings about this. No, you, girl, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but Netflix dropped him like a hot potato. Netflix canceled House of Cards. Um, Good for Netflix. Yeah, I'm actually like pretty impressed with netflix um for Consi- doing that considering it's like a huge money maker for them yeah and netflix is not exactly rolling in money so that e- that means two things um possibly both of them one netflix has morals which is like an interesting thing to see two they know that this goes way way deep um mm-hmm. and they are jump they are cutting the cord right now at the beginning of it so when when um more I mean, not that these allegations aren't serious, because um, they absolutely are, but when even more intense things come out, that they have already cut ties. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, 
it's like being the first ones to jump off the Titanic, right? <laughs> to the lifeboat. Um, yeah. You know, like, get off while you still can before the rest of the iceberg appears. There also, he was supposed to get some kind of, like, honorary Emmy. Um, and Literally, that, why? That got pulled, um, so he's not getting that anymore. Honestly, like, I'm kind of living for this whole consequences thing. Yeah, wow. Someone actually facing, you know, consequences for their actions. Yeah, I mean, they, like, took stuff away from Weinstein. They're taking stuff away from Spacey. This is a wild ride. Mm -hmm. People, there are other people who um, are less famous names, and we're not necessarily going to get into every detail, but, like, I have seen other stories of, of, like, uh, people in the media, um, editors who are losing their jobs because of um, sexual assault and harassment. And the thing is, like, we know that this has always been happening, and we've talked about this before, and, and it never seemed to have any consequences, slash we just elect them president instead. So it's kind of really cool to see, even if these are relatively superficial things in the in the grand scheme of things, people are actually losing honors and reputation and jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, as they should, like, it's the whole reason, like, this, the only way, I think, to sort of work on this problem is by like we do need a culture change right and like that's and when people start recognizing or realizing that they can't get away with things and slash like ideally none of this would happen because people like are human and like don't want to do bad things to hurt others but like if they're going to choose not to do things based solely on reputation because like they're going to get privileges taken away and things like that i mean not a great incentive, but like if it results, if it has the same result, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, obviously, the best thing we can do is going back to the childhood thing is teach people from childhood that like what consent is that they like that they own their own bodies and they don't own anyone else's bodies and that like you have to ask people permission before touching them and like on any level. And these are things that we can teach kids and that, that lessons that they can take with them so that when they actually get to the ages where they have like physical relationships or they're just working and they, they understand respect and they understand like consent and we can actually follow those rules. Mm -hmm. um, but barring that slash with the people who are too old to, to be taught, um, just taking away their jobs works too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. Um, but, oh my god, I'm just thinking, like, in my Catholic school, we weren't allowed to, like, hug people. I feel like that's for different reasons, though. No, 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 like, like, I couldn't hug my friend, like, Mary or something, right? Like, like, girls and guys, like, first of all, they couldn't hug each other, let alone, we stood on separate lines for crying out loud. <laughs> that still blows my mind, but continue. Um, I was the line leader in kindergarten, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but... Like, yeah, like, even, you know, like, two girls hugging, like, as friends or just, like, even, like, high-fiving was, like, very severely frowned upon. That is so interesting. I think it's just because, like, everyone thought that if you touched someone else, like, of the opposite gender, you would be, like, the next <laughs> Virgin Mary and, like, give birth or something. Immediately pregnant. Immediately. Yeah, and I feel like that has really concerning implications for the sexualization of children and, like, teaching people to fear bodies rather than understand how to respect them yep <laughs> yep it has yep catholicism ah uh, <laughs> what a beautiful religion slash institution that faces no controversy whatsoever <laughs> oh on brief side note about catholicism though today we learned the pope gets up at 4 a.m 
Yeah, which is great. Julian's basically the Pope. Basically. But I believe in capitalism. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, one more note about this whole story, um, this ongoing story that we're covering. Another, I, I wanted to touch back on the political aspect of it because there's also this very interesting pattern that's come out. Um, it's a lot of the people that are being called out um, in this wave of um revelations has been have been people in hollywood people in media um and liberal people um like hollywood is kind of seen as this liberal monolith um which is not 100 percent wrong um, i mean there are some exceptions but generally like Dwayne the rock johnson okay <laughs> but yeah generally you do see like a lot of more liberal people in hollywood and then also um there have been a bunch of people like in the liberal media who have been called out for this kind of stuff. And now there's been this trend of everyone being like, yeah, like get rid of all the, the Hollywood creeps and pedophiles. And it's like, yes, 100%. But also like people like Bill O'Reilly and Donald Trump should also face consequences for their action. Because if your um, like stance against sexual assault is predicated on political axes then you have a problem yeah everyone should just be punished no one catholicism. should catholicism <laughs> i very firmly believe that all liberal people who commit sexual assault and other crimes should be punished for those crimes mm-hmm. um i don't care i don't care who they're voting for if they're attacking someone right so our pop culture topic is well, big surprise, Apple, because they are releasing, or it has just been released to um, to people giving reviews and stuff, the iPhone X, which I pre-ordered <laughs> because I, I am trash. When are you getting it? Okay, so let me tell you the full story. Okay. So basically, I lost my earphones, and I was like- So I had to get a new phone. <laughs> I lost my earphones, and I was like, this is God's way of telling me that I should buy AirPods, because that makes sense. Hell yeah. So I got AirPods, and I had to pick them up from the AT&T store, and then I was like, hmm, what if I just pre-order the iPhone 10? So I went up to someone, and I was like, can I pre-order the iPhone 10? And he was like, sure. And so that's what I ended up doing. Wait, so when are you getting it? Um, it gets to my house November 10th. And then I'm switching phones out for Thanksgiving. Wow. Because yeah. here's the funny thing. Because um, I follow a lot of people on Twitter who care very deeply about the iPhone 10, And they all stayed up super late to, like, pre-order it. Because you have to order it, like, the second it goes up. Or else you might not get it until, like, no- December or January. And I'm really intrigued by this. You can just walk into an AT&T store and you magically got it November 10. Yeah, it- but also, like, I had no, like, preferences. Like, my consumer demand curve is, like, very elastic. Um, yeah, like, the, he was like, oh, well, like, you could get... Th-. I was like, well, which colors are available? And he was like, this one. And I was like, which size is available? And he was like, this one. And I was like, which one's going to come the earliest? And he was like, this one. And I was like, I'll take that one. Wait, so what'd you get? So I got the 64 silver. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to play with it. <laughs> Um, I literally scheduled getting it over Thanksgiving break because of the football game before, <laughs> and I didn't want anything to happen to it, which is fair. That's smart. And that way, if something does happen to your phone, who cares? You're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm going to get the iPhone 
seven. I was about to say eight. I'm not going to get the eight. Why um, not? Because I've looked at it, and the changes that it has, like, really aren't worth it to me. And also, I want 128 gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really want the glass back, because I don't care about wireless charging, and I think it'll make it more likely to get broken. And so, honestly, I'm just going to go with the seven, but I cannot wait to get rid of the six, because installing iOS 11 was a mistake. It is trash. It is so slow. My phone is verging on non-functional. You have the six? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's three years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. You take care of your things. I like it. Uh, not based on his current performance, I don't. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> um, I'm excited. For your new phone? Yeah. I'm excited for you to have it. You can unlock it with your face. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. More ways the government can track me. Yeah, you already have Snapchat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm really excited about the iPhone 10, and I would love to do, you know, like, talk about it and brag about it but so did this one other girl who casually got her dad an apple engineer fired because she posted a video before like pictures or before like it was released officially or to the public and like describing like the iphone 10 and there was just like this in-depth video like on youtube with like hundreds of thousands of views and then her dad got fired and it was just like well what did you expect yeah, this whole thing kind of sucks. And it was also, like, apparently there was some visible stuff on the phone that was supposed to be confidential from Apple because it was his personal phone that he had been using. Um, and so there was stuff on there that, like, should not have been visible on the internet. And, uh, yeah, and I think this girl, like, did not have a super popular YouTube channel but ended up going viral because people were just searching for iPhone ten reviews. Um, and, yeah, did not end well. So... He got fired. Yeah. Which I don't understand. The thing that I don't understand is how did he let her film it? Because I can get, like, showing your kid your, your cool no, phone. No, like, but... that's the thing. Like, did like did she ever explain that, like, like what if she just, like, stole it off his desk and was like, you know, it would be really cool, you know? Then I feel like Apple could probably prosecute her. <laughs> I mean, but if she's a minor, how old is she? I don't know. I totally understand how this happened, though. Because, I mean, she was not, like, a popular YouTuber. She was not expecting people to really see this. Um, And if you're primarily making videos and, like, a hundred people are seeing them, then you're not putting as much thought into what would happen if this went viral because it's just so unlikely that that will happen. Granted, like, I I still would not have put footage of the iPhone ten that I not technically have permission to have on it. But... If she, and I don't know how old she is, but she's like a teenager. If you're like 15, that might not just, it's just not something you're thinking about. I don't know. My parents like told me like all the time, like my parents were concerned that I wanted to write for my Catholic, like middle school newspaper because my dad was like, if this ever gets out and like you like talk about something like political and you will never be able to run for office. And I was like, dad, I am a news reporter for a small Catholic elementary school, and I am literally talking about our basketball team. <laughs> like, relax. But um, my dad's in finance, and, like, everything is, like, super confidential. Um, and he just, like, always reminded me, like, don't put anything on the internet. Don't, like, put your name on anything that you wouldn't want. Like, if it got out and it was on the front page of the New York Times tomorrow, and he, like, don't put anything out in public because it can never be deleted unless like you're okay with it just appearing in the news the next day yeah no my mom is horrified by every single thing i say on the internet yeah Uh, (laughs) so there's that yeah 
But yeah, I, uh, this podcast partially exists because I never want to run for office and I want to guarantee that I never intended. Yeah. It's a commitment tactic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like it. I like it. Isn't your mom also the person who said, what is memes, though? Yeah, what is memes? That's the thing is, I feel like younger people have so much technological literacy, but older people have so- sometimes over-caution, but probably really the appropriate amount of caution when it comes to putting things on the internet and, and understanding what potentially the consequences could be. But there's just not a good enough overlap of those two attributes to avoid situations like this happening. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah wow i like i like feel bad for the dad but then it's like well you raised the kid so i do i feel bad for him this losing your job sucks especially over something like this or i'm sure they never saw this coming i know Um, but it's like it's not like they had a choice right yeah like there's no way apple was gonna let this and in the article they said you know we understood it was a violation of policies and like we're not bitter about it although that might just be what they're saying I don't know. And I, I mean, I, I do hope that he finds a new job and that he just but who doesn't... would hire him after that? Yeah, that's a good question. Just don't let your kid touch the phone. Just don't have kids. They will disappoint you, as my parents tell me numerous times. Okay, no, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Jillian, never have kids. They will hurt you. I was like, wow, talking about personal experience. Love you, mom and dad. Do your parents listen to this? No. Yeah, mine either. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I wanted to mention about uh, the iPhone 10 is an interesting thing that happened where Apple did a bit of a different marketing strategy. So they gave some advanced copies of the iPhone 10 to like traditional tech reviewers to you know write write reviews of it, but they also gave some of it to to some YouTubers and not even like perhaps the most popular technology YouTubers, um, but maybe some more mid level ones. Um, and they also gave it in particular to Mike Allen, who is the founder of Axios. And Mike Allen let his, like, I think he was 10 years old, his 10-year-old nephew play with it. Um, and wow, did tech reporters get mad. Yeah, they were like, wow, great to see that he gave it to his nephew and we're hearing all of this from an emoji expert. I just... Which I think is funny. And maybe I'm missing part of this picture as to why these people are so mad. But honestly, I just find it kind of funny it's very old man yells at clouds yeah kind of because that's the thing is like i understand that you're a professional and like you want to do your work and whatever but no one owes you an iphone and more importantly no one owes you a special iphone like you have no control over what apple does with their products just because they give it to someone else that you don't approve of that doesn't mean that your advanced iphone isn't also interesting yeah i mean yeah that's fair it just seems very elitist to me well yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean as we're talking about apple which is you know yeah well it's fine it's fine as we sat surrounded by apple products you're not wrong Soon your text setup is just going to look like the adult version of mine because I have like a 2013 MacBook and she's got a 2016 one and I have a like a... The only reason I have a 2016 one though is because my 2013 one got stolen. Yeah, it was a really sad time. Yeah. Um, but then I'm going to have an iPhone 7. You're going to have an iPhone 10. <laughs> I'm going to turn into an Apple. <laughs> <laughs> an Apple a day keeps the Android away. 
Oh, also, uh, Quinn and I took a really fun quiz. Um, it's basically called like the political compass and it will be linked in the description. It will be linked in the description. And basically you just like answer a bunch of questions and they tell you where you are on like the spectrum. Like, are you left or right? And then, so liberal or conservative, and then it ranges from like libertarian, which is like no government involvement to like very, uh, authoritarian, which is like hella government. So I got libertarian right. And wow, was that a shock? What a surprise. Yeah, I think you referenced this last week, but then I went and took it too, and I got Libertarian Left. Another big surprise. <laughs> but what I find the best thing about this is um, they gave a, they had a little chart of examples, because they put you on this little graph, um, and they had some examples of political philosophies on the graph, and I'm closest to Gandhi, and she's closest to Friedman. <laughs> yep. But you know, if it ain't us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, take the political compass test. Let us know what you are. Um, yeah. I think that'd be fun. If you're a freedman, hit me up. <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Slide into my DMs. Specifically, if you are freedman. I need screenshots for proof. <laughs> <laughs> Don't slide into my DMs, but also tweet at me your results. <laughs> And that's going to be the end of our show today. Um, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at MixedFeelingsFM, or you can find us in the Apple Podcast Store. You can also find our show notes online at relay.fm slash mixedfeelings. You can find me on Twitter at aspiringrobotfm. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me today, Quinn. Thanks for talking with me. <laughs> Always a pleasure. I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these were our Mixed Feelings.